Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Hey, so excited to be kicking off this brand new series, Into the Wilderness. I don't know if you're someone of whom that title causes a fear or an excitement, uh, but I imagine that for some listening, Into the Wilderness will bring about thoughts of Bear Grill survival TV shows. Uh, maybe you think that sounds kind of exciting and full of adventure. Others of you will perhaps be thinking, no thank you. That the idea of the wilderness at the expense of a warm, comfortable home seems just a little bit uncomfortable and just not for you. For me, I love a little bit of adventure. My idea of a holiday would be exploring some vast terrain with some long hikes and wilderness of some sort. Uh, For others of you, you'll just think that sounds stupid and you'll be thinking, what is wrong with a beach and a sunbed? I first realized there were two different kinds of people when it came to this kind of thing when I was in high school. Uh, I partook in a very well-known Duke of Edinburgh award. Me and my friend Kamal were down to do one of the hiking expeditions together. It was due to last a few days. And so whilst I packed lightweight food, camping equipment, warm clothes, and a tent, uh, Kamal, on his advice from his very well-meaning mother, packed, and I kid you not, a loaf of bread, four pints of milk, and a cake. Whoever you are, though, welcome. So glad that you're here as we kick off this series as we go into the wilderness. You know, I wonder if you've ever seen any of those Bear Grylls survival TV shows. You know the ones, the ones where he goes out into those vast wildernesses, those incredible environments, and shows off the skills that if you ever found yourself in that situation would allow you to survive. It's easy to get caught up in watching them uh, as you're enticed into a world where one bad decision could lead to death, where eating one particular kind of plant could either save your life or take it, uh, where you don't know what terror lies ahead, all as you watch it from the comfort of your own armchair, almost forgetting that you'll almost never be ever in that situation you know, where you have to use the skin of a dead seal for warmth. And yet, whilst none of us will probably ever find ourselves lost in a physical wilderness, many of us will find ourselves in a place that perhaps feels a lot like one. An environment of scarcity, hostility, and uncertainty. I mean, that's what a wilderness is, right? An environment of scarcity and hostility and uncertainty. Whilst it might not be a desert plain or a thick jungle, and whilst most of us can watch this from the comfort of our own homes, isn't it true that life can be a little bit uncomfortable? That you can face a wilderness of a different kind, a different kind of environment of scarcity, whether it be financial, relational, mental or emotional, an environment of hostility where you find yourself around certain people or certain situations that seem to cause you to be in a constant state of feeling like you're on the defense. 
or an environment of uncertainty where you don't know what the right decision is to make, the right path to take, or the right way to go next. Whether it's the unpredictable turbulence of family, career, community, or health, isn't it true that there are times in life where it can feel like you're lost in a wilderness? Unsure where to go, what to do, and if anything's going to change. When you're one bad decision away from a place of no return. Here is something that I know about you. Your life is filled with things that you don't want it to be filled with. Uh, we all find ourselves at times lost in the wilderness, not knowing what to do or where to go next. And that is exactly what we're going to be going through over the next four weeks. I want to invite you to come along and be part of it because I believe that God wants to speak into your wilderness, past, present or future. And perhaps that fills you with a little bit of hope or curiosity, or perhaps that even might fill you with a little bit of skepticism, uh, because when it comes to the story of the Bible, it can be easy to assume that somehow the story uh, is filled with an idealism that just can't translate or possibly speak into your story today. Uh, perhaps you've even felt, uh, even uh, if you feel like you can't admit it, that God is distant when it comes to his expectation or his knowledge over the wilderness in which your own story abides. It was a minister in the Free Church of Scotland, Ian McLaren, uh, who is thought to have first written the very well-known quote now, everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And perhaps you might even find yourself assuming the same when it comes to faith, uh, that for everything that faith offers when it comes to the rawest parts of your reality, how can it actually help? How does it know your battle, your wilderness? I mean, it's one of the most asked questions when it comes to the Christian faith, isn't it? How can God allow bad things to happen? How can God allow that to happen? Why are things not as they should be for me? Here I am. I'm lost. I don't know where to go with this, and I kind of feel alone. But if you've ever felt like that, if you've ever been led to feel and believe that the wilderness that you are in is as a result of not enough faith, or that God is distant, or that you're not good enough, what I hope that you realize over the course of the next four weeks is that you have been sold a version of Christianity that just isn't true. Uh, th that's not what Jesus ever said, and it's not what we find in the story of the Bible. In fact, what we're going to find throughout this series is that the story of God's relationship with human beings, made up of the 66 books uh, that we form, uh, what we know as the Bible, often plays out in the context that should speak directly into your wilderness narrative. At the very beginning of the Bible, in fact, it gives a preface for the rest of existence. Uh, it ultimately says this. Life is not how God intended life to be. Uh, something's not right. We live in a broken world. And after the first three chapters of Genesis, for vast periods of the rest of the story, people find themselves not in a garden of comfort and of paradise in which God intended. Not where there's order and peace and predictability, but in the harshness of a wilderness. The story of the Bible is not a story which tells of what you have to do in order to avoid scarcity, hostility, and uncertainty. The Bible tells a far more real and compelling story of God giving everything to walk with his people through the places of scarcity, hostility, and uncertainty. Through areas, not of gardens, not of order, but of wilderness. 
If you were to count the number of times wilderness is mentioned in the Bible, you'll find it's in excess of 250 times. In fact, right at the start where we find Adam and Eve banished from the garden, uh, they go into a wilderness. Their son Cain is left to wander the earth. We find Abraham constantly moving from place to place. Moses and the nation of Israel wandering in a wilderness for 40 years before finding themselves in a permanent location. King David, who we're going to look at today, uh, who after he's named king by the priest Samuel, has to hide from Saul, who wants to kill him in the Judean desert. The later kings, who after constantly buying into the ancient pagan worldviews involving child sacrifice, God causes them to be captured and led through a wilderness into captivity. We find John the Baptist who describes himself as a voice in the wilderness preparing people for the arrival of Jesus and Jesus who finds himself at the very beginning of his ministry intentionally walking into the wilderness for 40 days. And afterwards we find uh, constantly being followed by crowds outside of the city walls into various mountain ranges. When we get to the very end of the Bible, we get a book called Revelation which was written in a wilderness uh, caves by John. This is the picture of the kind of wilderness that we find in the pages of the Bible. Uh, these are photos that I was able to take. Uh, the landscape really hasn't changed that much over the past 2,000 years as nobody in that time has really lived there. The wilderness, the physical environment of scarcity, hostility, and uncertainty acts as the very backdrop in which the story of God's relationship with human beings abides. And that should intrigue me, and that should intrigue you, because isn't it true that the question and the struggles that we face that cause us to question perhaps God or question life or know what to do or where to turn are when we find ourselves in places of scarcity, hostility, and uncertainty, in our very own wildernesses. Whilst for most of us, we spend our lives trying to avoid or escape or protect ourselves from the wilderness, uh, we, what we find throughout history, through the accounts of the biblical authors, is that the wilderness is actually a place that God uses to develop something within his people that they might otherwise miss out on. That whilst God does not necessarily cause the wilderness experience, he uses them in profound ways to bring his people into a place that they may not otherwise find. The principle that we're going to discover all the way through this series is this. That when God leads you into the wilderness, you don't come out the same. We're going to find this time and time again over the next four weeks or so. Uh, next week, we're going to see this, and we're also going to see that uh, it's in the quiet of the wilderness that we can hear the whispers of God's voice. In week three, we're going to see that it's in the places where we're in the most need, where we can experience God the most. Uh, and in our final week, uh, we're going to discover or perhaps rediscover that it's in the wilderness where we find the home of the miraculous. Today, though, we're going to find this, that the wilderness does not have to be the, a deviation of the story, but it can actually be an essential part of the journey. Let me ask you, what if the times in our lives which offer the most scarcity, hostility and uncertainty are not necessarily deviations from the story God invites you into? as much as opportunities for something that you would otherwise miss out on. Uh, you might just be sitting there and thinking, that's crazy and you don't know my story and there is no way that anything can come from where I find myself in my wilderness right now. 
Uh, and whilst it's true that I don't know your story, I do know a story where this is true, which for me demonstrates that it can be true for you too. Uh, we find the story in the Old Testament book called Samuel. Uh, let me just quickly give you a context to the story that I want to share today. The nation of Israel has been led out of slavery hundreds of years before by Moses, and they'd finally found themselves in this land that they could call home, with resources and places where they could build and grow and harvest. And it's whilst they're in this land that the people uh, who have looked at all the other nations around them go to a priest called Samuel and ask them for a king to rule over them. And Samuel, after consulting with God, agrees, uh, but God makes it clear that he wants a different kind of king from the other pagan nations. In fact, one of the themes that you just find all the way through the book of Samuel, uh, all the way through the stories, that God is going to oppose the proud and exalt the humble. And, and so the first king of Israel, Saul, is appointed. And after initially a good start, uh, Saul actually becomes proud. And so God opposes him. And God sends Samuel to raise up a new king in the form of a shepherd boy called David who would proceed through a multitude of extraordinary military victories, including the famous one against the giant Goliath, to become the people's favorite, which really went down well with everybody except for Saul, who through jealousy and pride would chase David, along with some of his followers, into the Judean wilderness, attempting to kill him. Says this, David and his men had moved into the wilderness, the wilderness of Mahon, the Araba Valley south of Jeshimon. When David heard that Saul and his men were searching for him, he went even further into the wilderness, to the great rock. And he remained there in the wilderness of Mahon, but Saul kept after him in the wilderness. Now pause for a second. Imagine for a second that you are David. You've been told that you are king-elect. You've spent years humbly spending your years as a shepherd, a job normally reserved for young girls. You stood up and defeated the giant Goliath when the rest of the Israelite army was too scared to do so. You defeated the Philistine army over and over again. You have remained faithful to God even when the king has not. And you find yourself now hiding in a cave, exposed to the elements, in an environment of scarcity, hostility, and unpredictability, wondering if Saul will kill you before the wilderness does. What's going on, God? I thought you had this under control. I thought you had a plan. I did everything that you asked. This is not the story I asked for. This is not the place I imagined being at this point in my life. Ever felt like that? Ever had those thoughts? Listen, whilst God does not necessarily bring you into the wilderness, he will often use it to bring about something that might otherwise never happen. When God leads you into the wilderness, you don't come out the same. And so while Saul is searching for David, at the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further into the back of the very cave. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Your enemy is there with his pants down. Now's your chance. We don't have to be in the wilderness much longer. But whatever it was, David, in the midst of the chaos and hostility, decided that in this moment, he was not going to do what most of us would do. Instead of deciding on revenge and war and conflict, David decided to trust that whilst his situation was uncertain, that God was still in control. 
So David crept forward and cut a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because it even just cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul, even though it doesn't make sense. Even though I can't see a way out, I know what is right. And I know that God has called me to put the world back together and not break it apart. And so after Saul had left the cave and gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, My lord, the king. And when Saul looked around him, David bowed low before him. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I'm not trying to harm you. And that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do. But me, I will never harm you. You know, it's when we find ourselves in the wilderness that we have an opportunity to do things that nobody else would do. It's in the wilderness that we show the depth of who we are called to be. It's in the wilderness through the power of God's Holy Spirit that we can have a perspective that decides on peace over pain. And when David had finished speaking, Saul called back, Is that really you, my son, David? Then he began to cry. And he said, David, you are a better man than I am. For you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today. For when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away? When he had him in his power, may the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Now swear to me by the Lord that when that happens, you will not kill me and my family and destroy my line of descendants. And so David promised this to Saul with an oath. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went back to their stronghold, their stronghold in the wilderness. Have you ever considered that the wilderness does not have to be a deviation of your story, but can actually become an essential part of your journey? When we see the experiences that are full of scarcity and hostility and uncertainty as moments to put the world back together, it can bring tears and disbelief to the eyes of the rest of the world. When you reveal beauty in the places of pain, It reminds the world that the pain is not what God ever intended. And it leads people back to him, our heavenly father who invites us into partnership. You know, I have a friend who almost 10 years ago lost his daughter, uh, who was just days old. Unimaginable pain and loss that I pray that I never have to experience myself requiring strength that I cannot imagine. Lost in the wilderness of unfathomable hostility, where there was no sense of possible understanding. In the midst of the pain, my friend decided, right in the heat of the battle, uh, that whilst he had no clue as to why what happened could have happened, that he was going to trust. Trust that whilst the situation was a symptom of a brokenness that was never supposed to enter the world in the first place, that God was still there, still present, still healing, still creating a home in heaven and inviting them in close. 
10 years on, my friend is in the midst of writing a book and giving his account of his experience. And I was talking to him and he said this, uh, that if my story helps one less father who's faced what I faced kill himself, then it will be worth sharing. Have you ever considered that the wilderness does not have to be a deviation of the story, but can actually be an essential part of the journey? You know, it was David who wrote a large proportion of the book that we know in the Bible as the Psalms, an extraordinary poet and songwriter. But the songs that he captures, that I think just capture the greatest triumphs and display the glory of God arguably more than any of the others, were not when he was king in the temple, but when he was in the wilderness. And in a Judean cave, where all seemed lost and nothing made sense, David, instead of looking down at his own feet, instead of turning away, looked at the horizon, looked ahead as an act of trust. And before we sing our final song, let me read you the words of David. If right now you find yourself in your own wilderness, I invite you to look to the horizon, lift up your head, and see that in this moment, God has not forgotten you. See that in this moment, he does not, uh, this moment does not have to be a deviation, but can be part of the story that might lead to something more. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary. I've gazed upon your power and your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than my richest of feasts. I praise you with the songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadows of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.